you can now take KRBN Internet News Talk Radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose Nose Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bolchevich. And now, here's Jay. Good afternoon, and it's another episode of the Bose Nose Show, coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon. And I'm your host, Jay Bozovich, West Lane County Commissioner. And we're getting ready for a blow here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, they're predicting uh, coastal flooding over the next 24 to 36 hours and high waves and high surf advisories and, and warnings. And it's a uh, going to be a wild and woolly one with some scale force winds and they're talking about 30 foot swells and, and uh, 25 foot breakers and everything it's going to be a spectacular day for uh, storm watching on the coast but you want to do that from up high like on a cliff or something in a distance uh, be careful don't go down in the waves and watch out don't turn your back on the on the on the ocean at all because the sneaker way is here and stay off the jetties uh, might even want to stay off the beaches. It's going to be a pretty wild one here for the next couple of days. Uh, talk, talking about some uh, high tides too. On on on, going to be about from midnight to 2 a.m. Uh, tonight and around noon to 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and then same thing the next night. Um, so kind of might want to check the tide tables and check ODOT if you're driving Highway 126 between Florence and Mapleton there and getting through Cushman, because we all know how that floods um, when the tides are up. So be careful out there and uh, stay safe over on the coast. And we're probably just gonna get some wind and rain here in the, in the valley. Um, can't, can't complain too much watching the news from the East Coast and all the snow and ice they're getting. Ha, ha, ha. I love I loved living in the Willamette Valley where we don't get too much of that stuff. And if I want to see snow and ice, I can just take an hour drive up in the Cascades. Love living in the Willamette Valley. So today I've got public safety. And it, it's kind of on my mind because we're starting to work on a strategic plan. But before I get into that, I want to first give you some advice on you how you can help Lane County save money. And, and this is where you, as the taxpaying citizen, can do something that will actually make it so we don't have to spend as much money doing a mandated function. And what I'm talking about is turning in your ballots for this special election on Ballot Measure 101 early. When you turn your ballots in early and we get early ballots, we usually process those with our normal election staff during normal working hours uh, because we're able to, because we've got the time to. But when everybody holds their ballots to the last day and turns them in on that Tuesday, uh, Tuesday election day, and if we get a big bunch of people, if everybody does that, we get so many ballots in on that day that we have to hire temporary staff and pay overtime to our regular staff to meet the statutory deadlines to get the ballots counted in a a fast enough fashion to get good election results out. So voting early saves tax dollars. And particularly with this election being an election that was not budgeted or scheduled in, in our, our budget for the county elections department, thank you state legislature, um, it's even more important for you all to vote early. So vote early, vote often. No, vote early. <laughs> Not Chicago, we don't vote often. Um, so please vote early and it will save taxpayer dollars. So just just a, a hint there in any election, that's true. You know, don't, don't, you know, it's okay to kind of wait closer to election day just in case there's some piece of news that comes out that you might want to change your vote. But don't wait till, you know, 
election day, late afternoon to turn in your ballot, because that's the kind of ballot that causes us to have to pay overtime and extra staffing time to count and process, because, you know, we got to go through the whole signature verification process on the envelope before we can break the envelope seal and all that stuff. So it, it's um, it, it's it's important to get all that, you know, so we can get the signature verification done early with normal staff during normal hours at regular cost, at no at no additional cost. So vote early, please. That's my uh, public um, announcement, you know, education, public uh, awareness announcement for the day. So that we'll, we'll, we'll move on to our regularly scheduled Bo's Nose show now. And, and I didn't mention that today is a free-for-all day. So if you don't want to talk about the fact that I've got public safety and housing on my mind, you can call me at 646-721-9887 and just press one to get in on the conversation. And you can talk about what you want to talk about here on the Bo's Nose show. Um, definitely, uh, you know, want to talk about what you want to talk about. Otherwise, you're going to listen to me yammer on here about what I want to talk about. Today just happens to be public safety and housing and strategic planning and, and generally, uh, you know, as we're getting ready to go into our, our next um, three-year plan cycle, how that wraps into uh, in particular right now, our 10-year public safety plan, which we adopted um, a few years back, back in uh, 2015, uh, we adopted the 10-year public safety plan. And really, we're, we're supposed to be finishing phase one in 2018 of the public safety plan, and that was to keep what we have. And we're supposed to be going into phase two, which is restoring capacity to address felonies. And then in 2022, we're supposed to go into the third phase of the 10-year public safety plan, which is restoring services, um, full restoration of services. And, and that's really an ambitious thing that we were embarking on because, you know, as you most people know, we lost nine over 90% of our federal forest funding. Big hit to our public to our general fund, which. 70% of our general fund goes to public safety. So public safety system took a huge hit in Lane County. And we're trying to kind of keep what we have. You know, we didn't want to cut any further and try and hold on to that. And we did that pretty well um, through a lot of um, leveraging of grants, writing some new grants, working on the legislature to fund the uh, Justice Reinvestment Act. Uh, our DA, we made some strategic event investments in our DA's office to bring back some staff there to where she could do more prosecutions, which helped us with our percentage of people under uh, supervision in our parole and probation department, which helped us with our percent allocation from the state. Um, so we've been working on that that way. We've also been working on cutting the cost as far as, you know, kind of holding the line with some of our um, uh, collective bargaining and working on things like our, our insurance and going to self-insurance, uh, reducing some of our debt, refinancing some of our debt, you know, all sorts of things that control costs that may, may manage to hold on to our anemic level patrol where it is. We still have a resident deputy program, even though it's only three resident deputies when we used to have eight. And, uh, you know, we've held on to, um, some of our district attorney and our youth services, our parole and probation, all you know, reentry services, treatment, mental health, all those pieces of the public safety, we've managed to kind of hold on. And we've actually started some of the restoring. And we did that with the jail levy, where we brought back those um, 255 beds. And we actually have gone beyond that. We're well in past 300 bed, local beds now. But there's more to, to go on, on the jail. And there's definitely a lot further we could go in patrol, uh, parole, probation. The district attorney's office is nowhere close to what it once was. Uh, youth services, we've still got empty pods at Servu. Um, our treatment services can be expanded. Our reentry services, our you know mental health, um, all those things could, could still be expanded in Lane County. And it, it's really, you know, as we look at this, next three years in our strategic plan, what are we doing 
to address some of that. You know, yeah. now do the jail levy. Where are we going with our strategic plan that might actually help us build towards full restoration of those services? You know, and the one place that a lot of people immediately go is, well, we got to get the federal forest back to work for us and start getting revenue out of the federal forest. And yes, I think that needs to be a piece of our long-term strategic plan, but I don't think we can look at that rescuing us within the term of this 10-year public safety plan, which runs out to 2025. Think about federal forest policy. They're going to have to pass a bill in Congress probably to redirect how the BLM treats uh, the Oregon uh, and California railroad lands here in Oregon. And they're going to probably have to do the same thing about the uh, national forest. And really, the only bills, you know, currently circulating deal with the um, BLM controlled lands, which only helps our general fund, but that's public safety. The U.S. Forest Service stuff feeds our road fund, which which is not in its critical condition right now. But think about, you know, how hard it is to get a resource management plan approved in this country with lawsuits that go on and then the challenges to everything. So first they're going to have to pass a bill and there'll probably be lawsuits about the bill saying that it's not legal. It it doesn't apply the Endangered Species Act correctly or something. There'll be lawsuits about the bill. And then they're going to have to write a resource management plan in accordance with the bill after they get through some of those lawsuits. And then that resource management plan is going to get challenged in court. And then if they eventually get past all the challenges of that resource management plan, they actually start implementing it. Each individual timber sale is probably going to get challenged in court. So by the time we actually start seeing revenue from a change today in federal forest policy, if if the Congress adopted a new federal forest policy for the ONC lands today, I don't think we'd see harvest start on those lands for six to eight years, possibly, if that soon. So seeing that we're already um, three years into our 10-year plan, that's really pretty far out on the horizon to have to try and think that the federal forests are going to save our public safety system here in Lane County. We need to start working on what we can control ourselves in Lane County. And, and one of those things is to look at how can we generate revenue locally to support public safety? And 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 what are the trade-offs to that? What's important about doing that? And having a conversation around that and, and looking at possibilities. And, and one of those possibilities is to go to a system like Deschutes County did, where you have public safety districts in the county that support the public safety system. And they have two districts in their county, one that overlaps the whole county, including uh, the city of Bend and the other incorporated cities that have police departments that support things that benefit the whole county, like the jail, uh, probation, uh, prosecution services, um, civil service, you know, which is, you know, know, serving papers to people uh, that the sheriff's office does. Um, and, And all those things that, that everybody uses, whether you're in a city or not. Because when you when you get um, served notice of, say, an eviction, if you're a landlord and need somebody to serve notice of eviction, it's not the uh, Eugene Police Department that serves those papers. It's the Lane County Sheriff's Department that serves those papers because that's a statutory duty of the sheriff. So there are services that the sheriff does besides the jail that benefits city folks. In fact, Search and rescue is another mandated um, service of the sheriff's department. Yet, do you know that 50% of the people, and they've tracked this over the last 10 years, 50% of the people they've gone out and searched for that were lost in the the woods out in Lane County uh, are from incorporated cities in Lane County that have police departments. 30% of the people are from out of Lane County, from somewhere, visitors from somewhere out of the area, and only 20% are from rural Lane County. So, which is not the population split because there's there's fully one over one third of the population lives in rural areas. So, 
the rural folks don't get lost as much as the city folks. So when you think about some of those services that the sheriff provides, they do kind of get skewed heavily towards um, incorporated areas. Okay. Yeah. So the city folks come out and play in, in the woods and sometimes get lost, and it's the sheriff's office that's responsible for finding them, and quite often does, and, and does a great job. In fact, we've got a spectacular search and rescue uh, crew that's mostly volunteers because we don't have it fully funded. We have to depend so heavily on volunteers. But you know, as we think about all those things that the county provides in the way of public safety, that really the, the municipal police departments heavily depend on and couldn't operate without, like felony prosecution, uh, holding of some of their inmates, supervision. You know, there's, there is no Eugene Parole and Probation Office. They depend on Lane County's Parole and Probation Office. Um, there is no Eugene reentry services for folks coming back into the city of Eugene out of prison. Lane County provides those services in cooperation with people like sponsors um, and with with our parole and probation folks involved in that. Um, it, it's really, you know, the county is the linchpin to that whole public safety system. And there's many pieces of it that benefit city dwellers and are utilized more highly actually by city dwellers than the rest of the county in proportion to population. So, important for there to be some kind of revenue source that includes everybody in the county to support those things that benefit everybody in the county. And then there's one service we provide that you could truly say really is duplicative of a city police force, and that's the, the police patrol division of the sheriff's office. And that really truly benefits people that live in unincorporated Lane County. Now, some of them might live next door to somebody that did it, but they actually, um, when they call for the sheriff, and we, and we witnessed this just, you know, the other night when that stolen car turned up in Santa Clara on a street that was unincorporated, even though there's uh, a lot of incorporated residents in Santa Clara, um, they, you know, it was the sheriffs that were the first responders there, and. Uh, Fortunately, ended up in, in a in a uh, officer-involved shooting uh, that led to a fatality. Um, um, but the you know the guy that this sidebar. This is Jay going on a tangent. The guy that actually got shot is a convicted felon that was out on parole and and under a parole agreement and had actually been convicted for violating that parole agreement, agreement, brass knuckles and a knife previously and and which extended some of his 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 supervision. But the guy had a firearm. Now he is not supposed to be allowed to get a firearm. And any background checks we have, one of the things they look for is are you a felon? <laughs> you know, state police records and all that stuff. So all these great laws that are supposed to prevent bad people from getting the firearms. How did that guy have a firearm? I'm 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 looking forward to when OSP comes back with their report on this and 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 where what the source of that firearm was. Because when you get right down to it, when the bad guy wants a weapon in the, anywhere in this country, they'll find one somehow or another. They're pretty resourceful people, and they'll work around all the laws. That we're putting out there that actually tend to make it hard for somebody to lawfully own a firearm and and do things like um, store their firearms in a buddy's safe while they go on vacation because that's technically transferring it and they have to go through a background check process it's going to cost them sixty dollars um, to get each weapon checked and stuff you know it's it's insane what we're trying to do sometimes with our with our uh, gun laws when we, you know, here's a perfect case of a convicted felon that was in possession of a firearm uh, that ultimately cost him his life, apparently. So it's going to be uh, going to be interesting uh, to see how things go. So, um, but sidetracked, 
getting back to the discussion here, and, and of course, if you want to get in on this, this discussion, whether it's my sidebar about firearms or it's anything you want to talk about, you can give us a call at those No Show at 646-721-9887. Just press one. Let's just know you want to talk to me, Jay Bozovich, Westland County Commissioner. We'll talk about what you want to talk about, but I'm going to get back to this whole idea of our our developing strategic plan that's going to cover the next three years and how we need to kind of tie in the idea of advancing our 10-year public safety plan and looking at, you know, how are we going to fund and rebuild our, our public safety system? Because when you think about it, one of the things a lot of people, you know, we just passed the transportation safety plan and our uh, transportation system plan for, for Lane County. And one of the things we're trying to get to is this concept of toward zero deaths where we're trying to eliminate all the traffic fatalities in Lane County. Well, it's really easy to see that from 2006 to 2009, before we had to make big cuts to our public safety system at the end of the, uh, the timber money, our Lane County Sheriff's Department, the traffic team and all the patrol officers and everything wrote an average of 25,000 tickets a year in Lane County. Now in 2016, and we have about the same number of officers on the street in 17, we just haven't gotten the stats in, we wrote a little less than 3,000 tickets in Lane County for traffic violations. That's an 88, 83% reduction in, in, in traffic enforcement. And you wonder why people drive like complete idiots in rural Lane County. And that's, you know, in addition to that, 20 years ago, there were 600 OSP officers in the state of Oregon. Today, it's a little over 300. So they've gone to 50% of their, their staff level. So at the same time, we've had to make this huge reduction. OSP has been, been getting smaller and smaller while the population is getting bigger and bigger. So the only place you're seeing traffic tickets written are inside municipalities that have a police force that has time to write tickets. Doesn't happen out in rural Lane County. You know, as you think about how are we going to get ourselves to the point of less traffic deaths, and mind you, people from inside cities can die out on our rural highways just as easily as people that live in the rural Lane County. But somehow or another, we got to get our rural patrol back up. And and that's one of the places it's going to impact is if we think we want our highways to be safer and we don't want to be leading the state in highway deaths and we don't want to be the cat the, the the state that's leading the country in growth of highway deaths we've got to do something about our ability to enforce traffic laws in rural settings and that means we need to do something locally here about our rural patrol and we need to be talking to our state legislators about supporting OSP and rebuilding OSP's strength on the state highways. Because um, um, that's really, you know, would be helpful to that whole issue of traffic safety. Is you know, they talk about traffic safety as being the uh, four E's, and that's education, emergency response, engineering of the roads to be safe, and enforcement. And they say the biggest E out of all of them tends to be enforcement because that's what changes drivers behavior the most. And the fact that, you know, you rarely see anyone out on a rural roadway that is not a state highway doing any sort of traffic enforcement lets drivers just kind of think it's the wild west out there. And some of them aren't capable of driving as they think they can drive. You know, so they end up, you know, a statistic not to mention the Dewey uh, DUI problem we have and, and the growing DUI problem we have with marijuana, but that's a whole other sidebar we could get involved in also. But, you know, we need to work on this patrol services division, and it's not just about traffic safety either. For those of you that are concerned about how people with mental health and addiction issues end up in our prisons, and our jails and shouldn't be there and should really be in treatment. The fact that we don't have a sufficient uh, police force out in rural Lane County allows folks to get away, you know, with 
property crime and other crimes that people consider um, quality of life type crimes. A lot of property crime seems a little bit victimless because a lot of people have insurance and all they got to do is pay a deductible. They'll get whatever it is back, you know, that sort of thing, you know. But when you think about the persons that are actually committing a lot of these crimes, they are usually stealing to support a drug habit. And if you think about the person that's just starting down that road to where they can't support their drug habit with their job or they've lost their job because of their drug habits, so they're starting to steal. Um, if that person, if we were pursuing property crimes and investigating them and getting people arrested, if we did that early in their career, when you know the first couple of times they they were you know stealing stuff to sell for their for their addiction, they might still have not completely alienated their family and friends to where they have support systems still left in the community, and we could probably sentence that person into treatment court or some other diversion program, deal with the underlying mental health and addiction issues that got them to where they were stealing somebody's, you know, yard tractor to sell or or um, stereo equipment, whatever it is they're stealing out of their homes in rural areas, and get those folks the help they need so they don't end up as what's happening now is those folks are stealing regularly out in the rural areas. They kind of get a little greedy and they go into the Springfield where they've got a good police force and 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 a municipal jail uh, and they might commit a felony of some kind they end up in prison and but they're so far they've been so many years into their addiction that they have alienated their family alienated their friends they may have also not been able to pay rent and gotten evicted several times maybe even did damage to a, a place they were living so now they're they're an impossible tenant to get placed anywhere and they're homeless and you're dealing, you know, you're dealing with somebody that's well on into the addiction, and the longer you're addicted to some of the drugs, they can actually change neuropathways and cause brain damage to where your psychosis get even worse. So the mental, the mental health treatment issue gets bigger and bigger as you go along. So we're actually that's going to be a much more costly person to deal with than if we could have an adequate rural police force where we. We are investigating property crimes, arresting people early in their criminal careers. The treatment's easier. They still have a support system to lean on to some degree because they you know, may not have alienated everyone in their life. And, and reintegration back into society is easier. Much more cost-effective way of dealing with crime, dealing with homelessness, dealing with drug addiction and mental health, if we have that police force in the first place. I mean, we understood how much the jail impacts our ability to get people into treatment. And that was one of the reasons why we had all sorts of treatment professionals coming to testify in favor of the jail levy and the passage of the jail levy. The next piece of that we really got to fix is this patrol issue because we are really hurting on that side of ledger and trying to keep our you know that patrol system whole because that really is about how we get you know when you talk we talk about how we want to do this whole thing called stepping up where we want to divert people out of the criminal justice system we have to look for off ramps to where we can take people out of the criminal justice system and, and into the treatment and supportive services side of things and and get them their lives back but the earlier we can do that in a person's, uh, you know, psychosis or um, addiction or whatever else, the cheaper it is. And one of the early off ramps is the first contact with law enforcement. But when we don't have adequate law enforcement out there, that contact doesn't happen early in, in their problems. It happens late once they become a really big problem. Like the gentleman that was involved in the officer involved shooting the other night, he was long into a criminal career and was was known to our sheriff's department, but he lived out in rural Deadwood and couldn't be dealt with on a regular basis. But he was a well-known individual to law enforcement as a bad actor. 
think about you know if we could have entered in, in in into his life early on we, we you know, may not have ended up in a stolen car with a illegal weapon in his possession as a felon uh and, and you know ended up uh deceased so it's it's a sad thing when we can't you know in, intervene with people early on and it's that early intervention that we're looking for and an early intervention tool believe it or not is an adequate police force, force. and we do and we not do. have that in Lane County. So really that's one of the things as we look at restoration of services under the 10-year public safety plan, as we're thinking about the strategic plan, we need to start adding steps into our strategic plan that are going to lead to how we're going to fund those countywide services and those rural police services sometime between now and 2025 without the federal government's help. And one of the ways of doing that is looking at these special districts similar to Deschutes, the way Deschutes County did it. And unfortunately, one of the things that's going to take is we're going to have to amend the Eugene Springfield Metro Plan in order, in order to get those districts in place because the Eugene Springfield Metro Plan actually has a prohibition on any new districts being formed that overlap that plan boundary. And that plan boundary goes way outside of Eugene, even beyond the urban growth boundary. So we couldn't do anything really um, that would be fair because we'd have to go around the, the Eugene Springfield Metro plan boundary and only do something outside, which would only be rural residents really. And that's not fair, you know, particularly for the countywide services and particularly for police services because we spend a lot of time inside the urban growth boundaries of Eugene and Springfield with our police services because that's where a good portion of rural Lane County residents live in some of those unincorporated developed areas of Santa Clara, of River Road, of North Springfield, you know, those that are inside the UGB up in the Hayden Bridge area of Springfield or down in the Jasper Road area of Springfield or even some of the, the fringes of Eugene that are that are actually inside the urban growth boundary but are way up on the fringes of the South Hills are actually in county jurisdiction. So, you know, as you think about the, those services, we need to have those districts, to be fair, have everybody in the county. And the only way that we can get them inside there is we need to amend the Eugene Springfield Metro Plan and that actually takes a plan amendment process, which is a pretty heavy land use process. And it's going to require a yes vote of the city of Springfield Council, the city of Eugene City Council, and the Lane County Board of Commissioners all have to vote yes on an amendment to the Metro plan. So that will be um, an interesting process, but if we don't start that process, we'll never get to a local solution for funding public safety, I think, in our time, within the time frame of this 10-year public safety plan. So one of the things I'm looking to try and place in that strategic plan is moving that process for that plan amendment forward and having uh, a process to work towards those, those public safety districts to fund public safety adequately in Lane County so we can work towards zero traffic deaths in Lane County, so we can you know, have safe roads so we can get people intervention early in their um, addictions and mental health problems instead of dealing with them late in their careers and to the point where they end up homeless and with severe addiction and mental health issues. Um, that's not where we ought to be treating that problem. We should be treating it early. So, you know, that's kind of why I had public safety on, on my mind. And, and Kind of the reason why and I want to mention this is as we're developing our strategic plan, we started that right after the first of the year. We're actually going to be having a work session on that this coming a week from today uh, uh, in the morning. And about a week from today, we're going to be releasing a survey out to the citizens of Lane County asking for your input on our strategic plan. So I want you to start thinking about how, what you want Lane County look like in three to five years, and what actions should we, strategies, which is actions, should we be doing 
over the next three years to get to where you want Lane County to be in three to five years. You know, for me, I'd like to see Lane County on the path to a robust public safety system that keeps our roads safe, you know, reduces property crime so people, you know, don't have to worry about that, has that early intervention in people's lives that are going astray and gets them into restorative justice programs like the treatment court, mental health court, veterans court, and gets them the help they need early so they can get back to a productive life. And that's really you know, what I'd like to see us working towards being there. I don't know if we'll get there in three years, but I think we can be pretty well on to it in five years. And by the time we get out to the end of 2025 of this 10-year public safety plan, I hope we can be there. And that's really one of the things I'm looking at. But along with that is another side of the coin in that there's another issue in Lane County besides our public safety system needing to be repaired, we need to have housing for everybody that's, that, that's affordable. And, and the news today was that Lane County set a record for median and average home prices in 2017 above the 2007 peak. So we are in the territory of home prices that led to the, the real estate bubble of 2008. You know, so start, you know, think about that in your mind. The problem is, is it's not a bubble driven by uh, mortgage derivatives and, and you know, no, no paperwork, uh, no, uh, you know, no income verification loans that were going on to just get people to, to prove, you know, there were some crazy things that built that bubble that artificially drove up demand. This is real shortage of supply excess demand driving up price of houses. It's not going to just pop next year unless, you know, something major happens, you know, in, in financially in this country. It's going to continue that we're going to have this shortage of housing. It's going to keep rising in cost unless we develop some strategies to change that. So I kind of want to ask you, and you can give me a call at 646-721-9887 here on the Bose Nose Show with your ideas. How would you keep housing affordable in Lane County? What are some of the things Lane County could be doing or that we could be lobbying for at the state level um, or partnering with other agencies that would help keep housing costs down? For me, kind of the simplest thing is what can we do that's going to increase supply? How can we, you know, can we do anything with our uh, land development code that covers the unincorporated areas that makes it easier? to add housing supply. And one of those things I've talked about in past shows is could we add accessory dwelling units to rural residential property and make it easy to get an accessory dwelling unit on a piece of property that would add that um, lower cost housing unit out in rural areas. So that's something I think we could do that would add supply. What else could we do that would make it easier? Could we do something that would simplify our building permit process could we make our building permits cheaper somehow or another by subsidizing them with some other funding source? Not that I know where that funding source is going to come from. Um, you know, what else, what other ideas do you have that would help make housing cheaper and more affordable in Lane County that we could build into our strategic plan? So, you know, as you, as we, those surveys come out next week, I'll, I'll blast that on Facebook through both the, uh, KRBN Internet News Talk Radio page, my my Jay Bozovich Westland County Commissioner page, my personal page, and and all over the place. I'll be blasting out that link to that that survey. Give me your ideas or call me now at six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven here on the Bose Nose Show, and you can tell me how you could keep affordable housing costs down here in Lane County and increase our housing supply. Remember to press one that lets us know you want to get in on the conversation. And if you want to talk about something completely different here on the Bose Nose Show, you're welcome to change the subject because it is a free-for-all day. Just give me a call, 646-721-9887. Press one to get in on the conversation. And uh, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about on the Bose Nose Show. Covered a lot of ground here from uh, 
the sheriff's office, to the DA, to public safety, to traffic enforcement, housing costs. Um, but you know, there's probably something I haven't talked about you might want to talk about, whether it's Lane County stuff, state stuff, national. Of course, we haven't talked about um, some of the, the budget cliff we're facing on the federal level and the possible shutdown of the federal government over immigration uh, reform and, and a couple other things. Uh, you know, even that's fair game, although I can't tell you I'll have every answer or be able to discuss every issue at the federal level uh, with as much um, knowledge and, and intelligence as I can discuss county stuff. I got a couple of questions for you. Sure, Robin. Uh, actually, going back to the the uh, uh, adding an extra residence, you know, like a what do they call it, grandmother house or something like that, mother-in-law yeah. house. Yeah, yeah the, the 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 mother-in-law suite, the grandma house, the the uh, the apartment in the garage, whatever you want to call it. Right. Well, like you're saying, uh, reducing the building permits, making them uh, easier to do, but any improvements would also increase your property taxes. That's true, but of course, if your if your improvement leads to um, being able to rent that property for a decent yeah. amount of money, um, you'll you'll probably be able to pay that additional property tax pretty easily. And that, you know, that's another thing I look at is this is a way people could potentially, you know, particularly some of the folks retiring in rural areas, could have an income generation on their own property. You know, it'd be you know fairly easy on some properties to convert the uh, old um, workshop that you, your husband used to use to repair cars as he's aging and isn't doing as much work on cars, you know, because, you know, he sold his hot rod and, and uh, isn't into that anymore, you know, to convert that into an apartment or something like that and put it out for rent. And that could be income to, you know, pay your property taxes and everything else um, as you're aging in place in your own home. And ultimately, that could be also where your kids come back to live to take care of you while you're aging in your own home. Yeah, those, yeah, those are some possibilities with that that extra accessory dwelling unit being co-located there. Right now, the only way you can get an accessory dwelling unit on a piece of rural residential property is as a hardship dwelling for a caregiver or for somebody that needs care for a medical hardship and then you have to tear it down or haul it off after the hardship goes away. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, second question is you're talking about like traffic enforcement. Have you heard any more discussion on the automated traffic enforcement? I, you know, occasionally hear discussion of that. There's been some bills in the House and Senate up in the legislature about photo radar and expanding the use of photo radar i'm that has some value but it's really um photo radar doesn't catch somebody that's that's driving while intoxicated no or it doesn't catch the person that is texting while driving or the felon that has a burned out taillight yeah yeah but yeah, there's the whole issue of traffic enforcement quite often leads to other enforcement is a whole nother story. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, that, you know, that is really, you know, photo radar has some ability to slow some people down, but people tend to then learn where the photo radar locations are unless they're mobile. And even then, quite often, They'll get flagged on social media and all that stuff. So people slow down as they approach the photo radar, get past it, and speed right back up. You know, so so it's not the true solution. The true solution is a sentient being in a vehicle that has the ability to use their eyes, make judgment, and determine whether or not. Issuing a ticket is actually going to help change behavior and is necessary and all that because, you know, there, there's just um, that I see it every day. There are people I wish I could pull over because they certainly need to at least the wake up calls of what they may be oblivious to what they were doing that was so dangerous. I totally agree with you there. Um, 
But then again, how are you going to fix stupid? Like you say, have have a black and white pull them over and go give them a, even yeah, just two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars and, and uh, insurance rates going up tends to educate people pretty fast. Uh, good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no argument. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, automated law enforcement, it, it also has kind of this big brother, you know, yeah. issue. You know, it's like how how much are we going to go to that? And and then the other question is is can it be um, tweaked to to be you know giving out you know in particular it, it was it was well known that with the red light camera system. Well, it was a lot of the companies that were selling those systems to cities were guaranteeing them a certain amount of revenue to to buy the systems and and contract with them for the service. One of the ways they generated the revenue was they changed the timing of the yellow to be shorter. You know, that that's not what I call you know fair process in law enforcement. I agree. So uh, checks and balances and uh, turning it from law enforcement, quote unquote, to revenue enhancement and adds to the uh, additional dangers of that intersection because people slam on the brakes to not get a ticket. That's correct. And one of the things they've shown is actually adding a couple seconds to a yellow light will actually reduce the amount of red light running and make the, the intersection safer and still have as much traffic flow. So that that's one of my concerns about you know automated law enforcement as far as traffic goes. Really, really prefer to have the guys out there because they not only do law enforcement, they provide other public safety benefit. You know, we just you know in, in response to accidents, we don't we don't respond to accidents in rural Lane County unless they involve major injuries or fatalities. Right. You know, if you just have a property damage accident. We're like, call your insurance company and take some photos, you know, and get get your vehicles out of the road. Yeah. Well, and the worst part about not having the enforcement, <clears throat> when it becomes well known that the response time is one to two hours and you're in the rural, rural Lane County or rural anywhere, um, even in the city for that matter, you know, like I say, criminals are smart. If they know it's going to take forever for law enforcement to get there, if ever, you just made your yourself more at risk. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what one of the things that's well known is a lot of our rural crime may actually be be carried out by folks that live in cities with police forces because they know if they commit a crime in their city limits, there's a police force that might catch them fairly quickly and follow up on it. So we're having people, you know, come out of an incorporated city with a police force and commit property crimes out in the rural areas because they know there's much lower chance they'll be, ever be caught and convicted. Absolutely. So, so is your, uh, in addition to your Facebook page, is there going to be any place else where people can see what this plan is? Um, yeah, it will be on uh, the draft strategic plan, I think is going to get posted on Lane County's website sometime next Wednesday. So if you if you go to lanecounty.org and uh, search uh, for strategic plan, you'll get to our strategic plan page, and uh, it should be a link should be posted there. But it won't be posted till it's presented to the board on Wednesday, I think. The draft strategic plan, and uh, there should be a link there also to get to the community survey once once it's up and running. But I'll let you know exactly when that's available. Uh, either through the show here or through Facebook, um, and I'll provide links. But definitely on the LaneCounty.org, and just um, search for a strategic plan. And after it's posted, is there a place that people can comment in addition to the survey? Um, the survey is going to be the best way to get input into us. But I'm, you know, if you want to email me or send me a Facebook message or even comment directly to when I, when I post it on Facebook. You know, provide a comment right there on the Facebook post. That'll work too. I'll make sure that gets um, forwarded on to the strategic planning team and uh, taken in as input. So. Or if he, if uh, people out there think that Jay, uh, the commissioner, is doing an awesome job on on this, or you think they're totally nuts, 
here's an ad, here's a perfect way to to let at least one of them know right now six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven and comment on Facebook as well while we're live. There you go, I got the plug in. Yeah, live on Facebook right now. And uh yeah, you can call us right now. We still got about nine minutes left in the show. Um six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven and tell us you know where you think Lane County should be heading in the next three to five years and what strategies or actions you think we should be taking to get there. You know, that that's really really what we're looking for is, is you know where do you think the county should go? What are the important issues we ought to be working on? And then how should we be getting there? Because you know I talked the other week about strategic planning. First you got to have a goal which is a destination. Where you, where do you want to go? And then you have to decide what route you want to get to that destination, which is that's the actions you're taking. And then you want to have some way of measuring whether you're staying on that route. You know, some measurements that show progress. You know, when you talk about a destination or a goal, it's also got to be some kind of goal we can, you know, as a measurable goal, hopefully. And uh, hopefully we can see some progress towards working at it. We made a lot of progress over the last three year strategic plan and checked off a lot of the issues on that. And in particularly one of the big things in our last strategic plan was stabilizing our finances, as well as the first three years of public safety plan was about stabilizing and keeping the services we have right now in Lane County and getting them stabilized and, and secure for the next several years. And I think we've done that. With the renewal of the jail levy, uh, the increases we've gotten from the state in the justice reinvestment funds in our community correction funding, we managed to get a higher percentage of because of our strategic investment prosecutors. Um, all those actions, and as well as the actions we took to save money to have more available to allocate to public safety and the prioritization of public safety we've done in our budgeting process, we've really kind of done that first piece, which is we've managed to stabilize and keep what we have. Now we're starting to think about what do we want to add back and how are we going to do that? And what would you like to see Lane County add back in the next three to five years? And how would you want us to do that? Because, you know, if we're going to add back a service, we got to find out a way to pay for it. So that that's the, the juxtaposition there. So um, and, and on the converse, is there something you don't want us to do anymore? You know, that that's really an important question to ask too. Is there something we're doing now we shouldn't be doing? And could we take that money and then do something else with it? And, you know, I ask myself that question now then. Uh, simple things, like when I first got on the board, I was kind of wondering whether we ought to be participating in, the, in El Rapa, the lane regional air protection agency and whether that was a duplicative agency and we could disband it and turn that over to the department of environmental quality to run our air protection in lane county but after i looked seriously into it i determined that we were actually saving money by having el rapa here in lane county and getting better faster permitting services for industries that want to locate and stay here and expand in lane county because the recent Secretary of State's audit of DEQ shows that 43% of their large permittees have expired permits because they haven't been able to process the renewals of the permits in a timely fashion. So being part of DEQ would not have been helpful. So, you know, sometimes you have those, those, it looks like an easy place for us to save money and stop spending money there. When you really get down in the weeds, sometimes it turns out that that program might actually be a, a net cost savings for Lane County taxpayers. So that's uh, some of the things, but you know, I'm willing to take anything because this we're kind of in that brainstorming phase of strategic planning where there is no bad ideas. So don't not call me at 646-721-9887 because you, you, you think I might shoot your idea down because I have some more information than you do. I'd like the idea because it, you know, it 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 could be that one idea that saves us millions of dollars and moves us forward in Lane County, and I haven't thought of it yet because I don't know everything. And collectively, the citizens of Lane County 
know a lot more than I'll ever know. So there is no bad ideas. There are no stupid questions, as they like to tell you in school. The stupid question or the bad idea is the one that you don't ask or express. So give us a call here on the Bose No Show, 646-721-9887. Press one lets us know you want to get in on the conversation. And so that's really why I'm here doing the Bose No Show, because as your county commissioner and now as board chair, I really want to hear from you all. Well, my southern back, background comes out there. Well, in addition to real quick, because instead of whining totally on Facebook about it, uh, whine on whine on our Facebook page, and uh, again, there'll be somebody that's actually there reading your complaint. And good idea, bad idea. If you had, if you had, like Jay said, if you thought of something, put it out there. You never know. Yeah, yeah. It could it could be the most golden idea that no one's ever thought of or didn't consider. Um, so I, I would just love to hear those ideas. And, and yeah, comment on our Facebook page and like like our Facebook page, KRBN Internet News Talk Radio, that, that carries the Bose Nose Show, because that way you'll get notifications of what's coming up on the show. And, you know, sometimes we have to change the time of the show because a commissioner's schedule is is always getting filled up sometimes and there's some things I just can't get out of that interfere with the show. Last week we had to do the show on a Thursday and you would have known that if you had liked the KRBN Internet News Talk Radio Facebook page because you would have seen the post saying that the show time's being changed that week. So like us on Facebook, uh, like my link, uh, Jay Bozovich, West Lane County Commissioner page too, because I post a lot there that maybe it doesn't always get posted on the KRBN Internet News Talk Radio page. Uh, and that'll keep you up to date with what's going on in West Lane County uh, and other stuff that's happening across Lane County and even the state, uh, I link on that page. So a couple minutes left here in the Bose Nose Show. Anything else come to mind, Robin, on the uh, strategic plan or the future of Lane County? Uh, not off the top of my head, except, uh, like like you said, we encourage people to uh, leave a note, ask a question. You know, yeah. Jay's, Jay's pretty good at answering questions, and a lot of times when you go on, what the heck are they thinking? Well, ask him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. When you see that article in the Register Guard or the Eugene Weekly or see the story on KEZI, um, and go, what the heck? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just as long as it doesn't start with an S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't start with an S. Yeah, we're not we're not one of those uh, whole uh, counties. Um, <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh, we digress. And we fun too. So, and again, like I used to used to tell people that if you've never called a talk show before, this is a really great forum to do it and nothing to be afraid of. In fact, it's kind of addicting. So um, next week when we're back on at four o'clock uh, on Wednesdays and we're on every Wednesday, most of the time, if not, we'll post, um, give us a call. 646-721-9887. You can listen by that number two. If you decide that you want to um, share your input, you push one. In fact, the operator, mechanical operator will kind of tell you that. And, and then I'll answer the phone and say, you know, welcome and get your first name. And you don't have to really identify yourself, but uh, give it a try. You got nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't bite. I'm very polite to people, even if you're disagreeing with me. In fact, I really like people that disagree with me because that leads to a, an interesting conversation. And I've talked before about I don't assume that people that disagree with me have evil intent or anything like that. I assume you just that's your idea of what's best for Lane County or the state or the country. Uh, and not that you have evil intent, and I will identify you that way, and uh, we'll have a conversation. Exactly. I hope, I hope from Africa, all from Lane County. Yep. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bose Note Show. We'll be back next week at 4 o'clock on Wednesday, uh, and we'll see. Uh, might have a guest. You never know. And on the coast and uh we'll talk to you next week remember to like us on facebook 
KRBN Internet News Talk Radio. Have a great week and talk to you next week.